Pastor Chooks, along with his wife, Pastor Toyin, are the lead pastors of Resurrection Life Church in Johannesburg, South Africa. Through them, God is raising an army of ordinary men and women who are transforming and uplifting the standard of life in their communities through understanding and applying biblical principles. Pastor Chooks and Pastor Toyin frequently host workshops, seminars and conferences for transformation and uplifting of the complete man, complete woman and wholesome families. Some of the events and programs include the Dream Achievers Seminars and Conferences, Kingdom Financiers Conferences, Marriage Enrichment Courses and Seminars, For Wives Only Seminars, Single Ladies Boot Camps, Limitless Men's Seminars, they are also the founders of the Power of Women Academy, a group mentorship for high-impact women. They also host the annual Power of Women conferences and events. For more information, please visit www.idelight.co.za and www.reslife.org.za or WhatsApp plus 27814210835. All right. I want to teach something tonight. I want to teach God's word. Uh, for wives only. I have been sharing some thoughts over the last, uh, I think, two or three episodes now of, of this broadcast. And we've been sharing some thoughts uh, for wives. God has given us the grace to minister to women. And we are, we are really keen on it. Let me share something about the power that woman has. God created man and woman together in Genesis 1. In Genesis 2, verse 7, God molds clay, the dust of the ground, and breathes into it the breath of life, and man stands up. Man, alone. Woman did not manifest. Man is given an assignment. Man is placed in the garden his name is Adam. Adam began, began living in the garden and doing what God has called him to do. Alright? This life is going on. Um, apparently, God also used to come every day to spend time with Adam and fellowship with Adam. So, Adam had developed a very strong relationship with God uh, because God came every day to fellowship with him. Then after some time, one of the days, God said, it's not good that this man be alone. I, I can see that, you know, he's not coping. It's not good for him to be alone. We will make him a helper suitable for him. Now the story goes in the Bible that God eventually puts him to sleep, opens his side, takes out a rib bone, and builds woman. And builds. It was a building. And he builds woman. Woman is built. <laughs> The word used there to, to, to indicate build is the same word you use to build a city. So they built woman, and woman came through. Isn't it interesting? As Adam and his wife began to live in the garden, the snake showed up. The snake showed up, and the snake started talking to the woman. Uh, the woman gets confused and gets deceived by the snake. And uh, she eats the fruit that God said they must not eat. She ate it first. And then she offers her husband later to eat. And the husband, the Bible tells us that he was not deceived. Eve was deceived to eat it the first time. But Adam was not deceived. How 
did Adam decide to go with that fruit? In other words, decide to go with Eve and eat that fruit instead of saying no and going with God. Eve says eat. God says don't eat. Eve says eat. God says don't eat. Adam chooses eat and ignores don't eat. So Adam chooses the woman above God. How? How did we get here? Why did Adam choose the woman over God? Yet, he fellowship with God every day. Yet, the power and the dominion and authority he had to operate in the earth came from his connection with God. And he chose to ignore that connection and <laughs> go with the woman. What was it about the woman? What was it about the woman that made Adam choose her above God? Now, let me say something, woman of God. If you understood what it is that Eve knew, and Eve knew something, but this time around, she made her husband choose her instead of choosing God. What if Eve, Eve used that thing to make her husband choose God and then choose her? Hallelujah. Do you get what I'm saying? Eve, instead of making Adam choose her over God, she could have made Adam choose God and then because Adam and God are on one side, they can pick up Eve, redeem her mistake, sort her out, and bring her over this side. Because the, the creator of the heavens is there. The regent of the earth is with the creator of the heavens. So the power of the heavens and the power of the earth are on one side. So it doesn't matter what happens in the earth, they would have been able to redeem it. They would have been able to sort it out. So, woman... I want to teach you today how some things that I, I feel that Adam, um, sorry, Eve understood and offered Adam that made Adam think that her, his relationship with her is more important than his relationship with God. There's a tendency when a woman uses her power well, what it means is that a woman is able to influence a man. A woman this is why my book is called The Amazing Power of Woman. This is why this broadcast. Woman is so powerful. A woman can so work on a man. A woman can so impact on a man that he is able to move a man away from his God. Ask Solomon. Solomon was swayed away from his God by women. That's how powerful women can be in the life of a man. Even God himself admitted this man is malfunctioning. It is not good for him to be without a woman. He's malfunctioning. A man malfunctions without his woman. God said it. It's not good that this man be alone. It's not good. He's malfunctioning. He's not functioning properly. He's not functioning the way that I want him to function. He's functioning beneath par. He's functioning underneath his privilege. That's how powerful woman is. That God himself admitted. That man is not complete without a woman. It's not good. Man is not good without a woman. Man is bad without a woman. Let's put it the way it is. 
And God said, I will make him a helper. So, so there is something about the power that God put inside women. And that's the power we want to explore. If a woman uses that power well on her husband, on her man, if he uses that power well, the man will always choose God. And because he has chosen God, he will look after her. So, woman, I want to show you uh, in the next 20 minutes, I want to show you how to be a better wife. How to use your influence in a positive way to influence your husband to be his best before God. To work better with his God. And, and as he works better with his God, you, you are the first and primary beneficiary of that. Just like when you use your power, they hear this woman, when you use your power wrongly, you cause the man to crash. But guess what? You are also the first beneficiary of the negative consequences. You are the first beneficiary. When you read the book of Genesis and see, there was pain introduced into childbirth. There was, you know, all kinds of, all these things that were spelled out in Genesis chapter 3 that came upon the woman. And both of them were driven out of the garden. They left. They were driven out of the garden. So she also suffered the consequences of the abuse of her power. So that's why every woman, you need to know your power and then have control over your power and then use your power well to move your man to, cl to be close to his God and to be closer to his destiny, the fulfillment of his destiny. Only then can your destiny be fulfilled. Your destiny as a woman will only be fulfilled when you are using that power to move the man into his destiny. Then your own destiny will be fulfilled. That's why, woman, you, you need to know how to pray for your man. You need to know how to stand with your man. You need to know how to feed him. You need to know how to, to manage him. So let me tell you a few things, how to be a better wife. Number one, I, I have ten points to share. Number one, give him space and allow him to breathe. I know we, we've been in a season where, you know, people are talking about, I can't breathe, I can't breathe. But a lot of husbands are screaming, I can't breathe. I can't breathe, I can't breathe. Why? Because the woman is choking them. So women have become so insecure that they are so possessive. They can't allow the man, what's that on your phone? What's that, you know, where are you going? Hey! Allow the man, give him space. Men like their space. Men like their independence. Men like it. Men like it. Remember that before Eve came, and this is where it's coming from, before Eve came into the garden, the man was living alone. The man was operating alone. So, so there's something in a man. Yes, God said it's not good. So he shouldn't be operating alone all the time. But he needs to operate alone some of the time. So let him have his space. Allow him to breathe. Allow him space to be a man. Allow him space to do his own thing. Allow him space to watch his soccer match. Allow him space to hang out, you know, in his, his, in man, in his man cave or in his man corner. Just allow him space. You don't have to always be there. And, Where are you going? I'm following you. Sometimes he just wants to go. He doesn't want you. You know, just allow him space. <laughs> when, when the man has his space, he can be creative. 
When a man has a space to spend with his God, he can hear the voice of God. He can receive from his God. So, so you don't have to, you know, crowd him and just be there. And No, don't, don't choke him. Don't become so possessive that you choke. So women are like that. They're so possessive that they choke the man. He can't breathe. He can't do anything. He, you need to be there. You need to be, no, give him space. Number two. Know the power his of woman love language. Know his love language. Okay. It's all right. It's okay. Know his love language. You know, um, they tell us that there are, I think, five different love languages. Every man has his own love language. In other words, we all, we individuals, both men and women, understand and interpret love by certain things. There are some things you do for me and I feel loved. And there are some things that you do I don't feel as much loved. Every woman needs to understand their husband's love language. And then speak that language. Express love to him the best way he knows how to, to understand it. So if you don't understand the, this whole love language thing, you need to read the book. The Five Love Languages by Gary Smalley. That's the man who wrote the book. The book is available um, online and so on. It's in bookshops. It's a bestseller. You know, just read it so that you can speak your husband's love language every waking moment. Yeah, you are, you are committed to speaking his love language. He said, but pastor, am I the only one who will speak his own language? What about my own love language? Yes. The way this thing works. Give him what he needs. And then he will turn around to give you what you need. The only way to get what you need is to give him what he needs first. And the same thing I teach the men. So if husband and wife are working like that, then there will be peace at home. There will be joy at home. So be determined. Let me even say this. God called you. Hear me? God called you to marry that man to meet his needs. Yes. Say, but what about my own needs? Don't worry about that. You didn't come to his life for your own needs. No, no, no. You came to his life for his own needs. That's why you came. That's why God brought you. And that's why, why what God is going to hold you accountable for. You came to minister to him. It is his responsibility to minister to you. Alright? I'm not saying that your own needs are not going to be met. It is his responsibility to sort that out. And he is accountable to God for that. So can you focus on what you are accountable for? And allow him to be accountable to God for what he's responsible for. So, you are there to meet his needs. And when you, are, when you are not focused on that, your mind is not latched on that, you've missed the will of God. Let me say it again. When you are no longer focused on meeting his needs and ministering to him, you've missed the will of God in your marriage. Because the will of God is for you to minister to him. And the will of God for him is to minister to you. So, when he's not doing that, he's missed God as well. All right. So, learn his long love language and speak it. Learn his love language and speak it. Number three, be liberal and generous with compliments. Be liberal and generous with compliments. Look for something to compliment him, not something to criticize him. Not something, you know, you know to, to mock him or to insult him or to, uh, what's the word? That's what I'm looking for. 
No, I can't find that word. When he comes to me, I'll use it. You know, but your responsibility is to compliment him. When you compliment him, he flourishes. When you compliment him, he, he blossoms. But when you criticize him, when you, when you denigrate him, when you, when you speak evil or speak ill of things, then you, you shrink him, you squeeze him, you, 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 you make him smaller. So instead of making unsavory statements, unsavory compliments, why don't you choose to compliment the positive things? He said, but pastor, I, there's not much positive to compliment. That's a lie. That's a lie. That's a lie. That even his smile is enough. You can talk about his smile. Compliment it. His good dress sense. That he woke up early this morning. That he's spending time in prayer. Compliment it. Look, always look for something to compliment. Always. Find, find ways to compliment him all through the day. Find ways. You see, if you train yourself to always look for positive things to talk about, you will always find them. But many of us are trained to see the negative things. Your dressing is not okay. Your hair is not okay. You know, you, know, you can say the same thing, but say it in a positive way. You know, you have not picked up the trash. You have not opened the gate. You have not changed the light. You know, you can say the same thing, but say it in a positive way. You have to find a way to compliment him. Hallelujah. There are, there, are, there are, you know, ways to say it. You know, oh, I, I appreciate, you know, that you are handy around the house. And you always fix things. Uh, you know, I, I noticed that the light at the back uh, needs to be replaced. But because you have already started that conversation with a compliment, he doesn't see him, he doesn't see it as you sending him up and down. He would actually want to ride on the compliment to go and fix things. You've got to be wise. This thing is about wisdom. He's not saying, you know, hey. you, can, you can say the same thing with wisdom. You know, thank you for fixing, you know, um, the fridge the, the other time. Uh, you know, I noticed that the washing machine, the light has been blinking. You know, would you have a look at it when you have a moment? You know, but you started with a compliment. So it's easy for him to ride on that compliment to do it. Instead of saying, you know, where are you going to grow up in this house? When are you going to start taking charge and start fixing things? Everything is broken. You can't. If you, if you put people in an environment where you always talk ill and speak ill of them, you cause them to shrivel. Be liberal and generous with your compliments. So the number four follows number, number three. Criticize less. Some things you just let slide. You don't have to highlight everything he didn't do well. Some things, it's just better to just, you know, the stress around talking about it. You can just fix it. Pick up, pick up the toothbrush that was not dropped properly. Just straighten out the bed that he didn't straighten out. The shoe that he kicked and dropped in one corner of the house. You can just fix it. All of that shouting and talking about the water he poured on the floor. And creating a nasty environment. Criticize less. The energy you are using to talk and talk about the water that was spilled in the kitchen. You could have just mopped it and there will be peace. The mood in the house will not be, will not be fouled. Criticize less. Some things, just let them slide and fix them. And you know, if you start doing the same, I'm doing what, you know, what I'm talking about now, you will prompt him to begin to also change. You know, there's something powerful about the power that women has. Listen, listen to this. God 
has set the man to be the head. Okay? So he is the head. But do you know that the woman is the neck going down? The head sits on the neck. So you can actually influence the head. The leadership style of a woman is to lead from behind. Is to lead from behind. So, so you can lead him in the way you want him to go with regards to how he treats you by treating him that way. So, so maybe, yes, you are saying that he's always criticizing you. You can lead from behind. Stop criticizing him. Start complimenting him. Start affirming him. And he would get it. You are leading from behind now. You are doing what is right from behind. So he will get it. And he will stop criticizing you. It's true. He will start affirming you because you are leading him from behind. You are the neck. So you are teaching him how to treat you. So by teaching, treating him that way. So you, you teach him that, you know, I prefer to be moved to the left. How do you get to move to the left? By, you know, leaning to the left and moving him there. Then he learns that you prefer to be moved to the left. That's what the neck is for. So would you... Would you put that into practice? Okay, let me move on. Point out something good every day. Point out something good every day. Just make it your duty to point out something good. Maybe with his work. Maybe with the way he's, you know, loving the children. Maybe the way he's assisted to sort out something. You know, something has been, you know, hanging loose in the house for a long time. And he fixed it. Find something positive to point out every day. He washed the car. Point it out. He's paying the bills. Point it out. Something positive. Point out something good every day. His jacket is nice. Point it out. You can actually do this. It becomes habitual. That you are constantly you know, looking for something positive to say. Constantly. He's been up praying the whole night. Point it out. Appreciate that. Thank you for praying for the family. Thank you for the way you have embraced your calling. Thank you, you know, because you know that he's embracing the calling. Eventually, you reap the benefit of it. Listen, listen. I said it when we started. When the man does well by his God, the woman is the first beneficiary of it. So it's your responsibility to make sure he does well by his God. When he does bad by his God, you are still the beneficiary. Of the negative effect, the negative consequences. Yes, it's true. The, look at the decision Adam made. Who suffered it more? Who who's carried it? The woman. So, use your power well. Use your power to move him in the positive direction. You will be the beneficiary of it. How you move him determines what you get out of him. It's true. So, point out something good every day. Focus on the positive in yourself. That's number six. Focus on the positive in yourself. Focus on the positive that you see in things in your life together, in your marriage. Don't be negative. You know, a lot of women are, are bewitched by a certain sense of self-depreciation. You're always looking at yourself with negativity. Your weight is negative. Your everything. You look at yourself with negative lenses. Stop it. Stop it. Start looking at yourself the way God looks at you. Find something positive about yourself to focus on. Don't always focus on how fat you've become. And you keep talking about it. And then you, 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 you create all of that negative energy. And then you pull him into it. You pull him into it. No, don't do that. 
Don't, don't have a negative energy around you. It's an abuse of your power. Don't have a negative energy around you. It's an abuse of your power. Try to have a positive... Ask yourself, what am I thinking about? Why am I feeling irritated? Why am I feeling irritable? The reason why you're feeling irritable is that you are thinking, you are thinking negative things. It's negative, negative thinking that produces irritable behavior and irritable emotions. How do you know what you're subconsciously focusing on? Check your emotions. Your emotions is the barometer that tells you what you are thinking on, either consciously or subconsciously. So you find yourself getting angry at your husband for no reason. Check it. You are dwelling on negative things in your mind. And you can't keep dwelling on negative things and expect power to flow. And expect virtue to flow. And expect the goodness of God to flow. No! You are blocking it. Listen, strife is a blessing blocker. Conflict is a blessing blocker. It just blocks it. And you don't know what was coming. You don't know what was coming. But it's blocked and it's gone back. And then your condition situation remains. How can the devil just be doing this to you and you can't see it? So you want to learn how to focus on positive things. Always check yourself. What am I focusing on now? Yes, maybe he has not done everything well. But don't focus on it. Focus on the beautiful things. And then we will deal with the negative things. Alright, let me, let me take the, the, the next one. Ask him what he needs. Ask him about his needs and his wants. Always check. You know, sometimes we, we expect to, to know what the other person is needing. You know, automatically know. Check. What do you need from me now? You know, one of the most beautiful questions you can ask your husband is, how can I serve you? How can I help you become a better man of God? How can I help you uh, um, achieve these goals that you've set? You've told us these things that you want to do. What, what do you want me to do to assist you to achieve these goals? I really am here to serve you. Wake up in the morning and talk to your husband. Your goals for today, how can I serve you? What can I do to help you? What are your needs? What do you need in this season? I see that there's, there's a lot of pressure at, you know, from work on, on you at this time. How can I assist? Remember, that is what you are supposed to be. A helper. A helper. Not a destroyer. You're a wife, not a knife. You're a wife, not a knife. A helper. So always be in the mode to help. How, how can I serve you? How can I help you? That's what you are created for. That's what you are built for. That's who you are. That's who you are. You're a helper. Always think it and then speak it. If you're thinking it, how can I serve this man? How can I assist him? How can I help him? This, when you are doing that, can I tell you something? When you are doing that, you will be fulfilling the reason why God placed you in his life. And you will attract the blessing of God because you are functioning. God says, I will make him a helper suitable for him. So you attract the blessing of God. And that blessing of God can come in the form of rebuke for the misbehaviors of the man. It can come in the help in the, in the, in the form of supernatural assistance to deal with the bad habits the man has formed in recent times. Because, see, when you honor God to be what he called you to be, God has a way of supernaturally coming in to assist you in the areas where you are not able to help yourself. That's the way our God is. So be a helper. Always check, how can I help him? In this season, I can see pressure. How can I help you? What can I do? Ask those questions. Ask him. Then ask the Holy Spirit. Sometimes he doesn't even know. Ask the Holy Spirit. When you pray for him, ask God, how can I help my husband today, this week? How can I assist him? 
In what way can I bring serious value into his life? Always ask that question. How can I help? What are your needs? What are your needs? What are your emotional needs? What are your physiological needs? Do you need me? Do you need me? And then you offer yourself. Always anticipate his needs. Okay. Let me take the last one. Let me take the last one. Go out of your comfort zone to minister to him. I know that, you know, this is not your, your forte. This is not your area. But go out of your comfort zone. Let me give you examples. He is into some kind of sports. I know you're not into that kind of sports. But because you really want to, you know, be with him and, and support him, why don't you, you know, yeah, my timer is telling me. Okay, so why don't you opt to, you know, buy him a ticket to that game? I know it's not your thing, but you go out of your way, go out of your comfort zone to, you know, to, to be a blessing to him. Let me tell you something. Those seeds you keep sowing will never go unrewarded. He said, but pastor, he doesn't understand. You don't, or pastor, you don't understand what I'm saying. This man is me. The only way to break meanness is by offering kindness. It's true. He said, pastor, I'm not used to these things. Learn it. Learn it. Learn it. I once told a woman, your husband is into motorsports. He said, but I'm not into motorsports. I say yes, but follow him. Follow him. Follow him to those, you know, sporting things. And just hang out with him. Go. Go with him. Just spend the whole Saturday with him and just enjoy it. He's your man. You, you enjoy his company. Go with him. And she obeyed me and went. You know, when I saw them next, and she was like, man, you know, Pastor, you know what? I actually enjoyed hanging with him. And this is what I've been missing for the last five years or six years. You know, why don't you just go out of your comfort zone just to minister to him? All right, I'm going to wrap it up there. I, I was only able to give you eight out of ten. Uh, but I, I, it's something. If you start doing these things, you're going to be a better wife. You're going to move your husband to choose God first. To choose the word of God. Your Bible says you can make him become obedient to the word. He will choose the word of God. And in choosing the word of God, he will choose you. You will be the beneficiary of these seeds that you are sowing if you start doing these things. Well, I'm going to stop there. God bless you. Use your power wisely. I will see you next week, Thursday, for another edition of the amazing Power of Woman. The Power of Woman Academy is a group mentoring program for high-impact women. Women who want to change their lives and their worlds and move on to the next level. Power of Woman Academy is aimed and tailored at unleashing the passion and greatness locked inside you as a woman as you walk the journey of life over the mentorship period with our team of distinguished and well-accomplished mentors from all walks of life. Our mentors are indeed destiny helpers. These mentors come to inspire you. They come to encourage you, to challenge you, to teach you, to stretch you, and to empower you. They are committed to helping you fulfill your highest potential and help you birth your wildest dreams that have been placed in you by God. For more information about the Power of Women Academy, please visit www.powacademy.co.za or for inquiries, call 064 200 1545.